Hello and welcome to the Friday, July 26, 2019 edition of On Iowa Politics. This week, a Veep visit is Iowa a toss-up and the Mueller hearings. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Ed Tibbetts of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Ed. Morning, James. Thomas Nelson of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. First up, the Veep visit. Uh, Aaron Murphy reported earlier this week on Vice President Mike Pence's cheerleading in Iowa. Pence mostly talked about the USMCA trade agreement and the importance of getting it approved by Congress. It didn't really seem there was anything new in his message. It was more of the, it's time for the House to get to work on this, even though it hasn't been submitted to the House. Uh, it seems like Republicans, Pence, as well as Iowa's Chuck Grassley and Senator Joni Ernst, are really pushing that narrative. Uh, when Pence isn't in Iowa talking about USMCA, Ernst and Grassley are talking about it on the Senate floor or in their weekly news calls with reporters or any other forum they can find, it seems. Ed, um, does it make you wonder if they're talking about the USMCA to deflect attention from, from the fact the Supreme Leader has been unable to make progress on a new trade deal with China? Oh, I don't wonder at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's certainly better to talk about the deal you've made rather than, than the one you've hadn't. So, yeah, they want this deal to get done. Um, you know, uh, as long as this doesn't pass, as long as it remains mired in Congress when it gets to Congress, uh, it will uh, remind Iowans that the president has turned the trade picture upside down and he still doesn't have anything to show for it. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of interest in, in getting a deal done, even though there isn't a whole lot of difference between NAFTA and USMCA anyway. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that once it's submitted to Congress, they have, the House has 60 days to approve it. Um, do, you, do you expect the House to slow walk this um, or, are, you know, are there enough members of Congress from districts where this is important that they're going to get to work on it? Well, um, let me amend my last mark first, um, particularly on agriculture. Um, there isn't a lot of difference between NAFTA and USMCA. On some other aspects, there are some, some differences. Um, but in answer to your question, um, Democrats control the House. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to want to give uh, 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 Trump a win and make it easier for him in the 2020 election. At the same time, um, there are some folks who have some substantive differences on this. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't expect it to move very quickly, if at all. At all. Uh, the question it seems to me happen. Well, the question it seems to me is is you know what what happens then? I mean, the president has previously said you know he's been willing to uh, to sink NAFTA, uh, but uh, uh, you know what does he do to uh, to to push the envelope on that? That's that's sort of the question that I have. He was willing to sink NAFTA, but this is his NAFTA now. <laughs> so it seems like it's it, it it is right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what he does if the Democrats sit on this. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, it, it appears, um, you know, Senator Grassley said he had met with Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, to say, hey, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Um, I, I've heard from Senate staff, you know, staff for Ernst and, and uh, Grassley that um, – that the reason that this hasn't been submitted is that the president and his administration are trying to do everything, I guess you'd say, sort of to 
to grease the skids so that when it is submitted to Congress that everything is ready to go. Um, you're probably right that Democrats aren't necessarily going to be in a hurry to take action on it. But, um, and, and as you mentioned, there are some folks who probably have differences on labor issues and environmental issues that will want to be heard. So we'll stay tuned to the USMCA uh, story and see uh, <laughs> whether we're still talking about that in 60 days. Uh, moving right along here. <laughs> Uh, is Iowa a toss-up state in 2020? Nate Cohn of uh, New York Times Upshot seems to think so. He thinks it's in play. Uh, the president's uh, approval rating is underwater in Iowa, and uh, Nate Cohn says his estimates and 2018 U.S. House results suggest that Iowa will be a toss-up state in the next election. Uh, on the other hand, he says Trump's job approval rating is plainly stronger in Iowa than it is nationwide. Uh, Thomas, you've been out on the campaign trail, uh, mostly in the Democratic lane. Um, is Iowa locked down for Trump again, or, or did the 28 results, 2018 results suggest that the Democratic presidential candidate would have a chance of winning back the state and, and turning it blue? Well, I think at the end of the day, I, was, I don't think in Iowa is a lock for either party one way or the other. I think Iowa is going to be a purple state and it's going to be remaining a purple state uh, for some time. Um, uh, just looking at the makeup of the legislature and then the <laughs> its congressional delegates right now, uh, I don't I don't see it really, really too much, uh, you know, it, it supporting one end or the other. With that said, um, there is a large fired up base for Democrats right now. But that's also because they're trying to, you know, there's a lot of candidates coming through town and they're trying to, you know, the towns around here and they're trying to get that excitement up. Well, on the other hand, Republicans aren't having a primary. There's no one or caucus at the moment. There's no uh, there's no presidential uh, group of presidential Republican candidates coming through towns and stirring people up and trying to get that excitement up. So as uh, the you know, we get closer to closer closer and closer to 2020, I think that's when it'll become maybe a little bit more apparent. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, when it, you know, when it comes down to it, Iowa is, you know, it's a, it's a blue collar rural state. It's, it's not, uh, you know, so it's going to be who, whichever candidate can kind of really reach out to those. And I've heard, a, you know, a, a lot of people I think have kind of made, changes from supporting Republican candidates to Democratic candidates. One of the biggest examples I can think of is Dave Williams, uh, the recently elected uh, in 2018, uh, uh, you know, state uh, state representative. He's over in the state house, right? Now. Well, is he going to the state house again in January? Um, and he was a Republican until 2016. And then um, after Donald Trump was elected, he you know, changed his party and became a Democrat. And I think I've, we've, I've seen that a lot with a lot of different candidates, you know, people all around the state, especially in Blackhawk. But I think 2018 and the fact that, uh, you know, Democrats weren't able to take back the state house or the uh, state Senate speaks to, a, you know, a lot of that support that's still there for Republicans. You know, I'm wondering, as we talk about this, that uh, will the USMCA uh, if it is not uh, passed, be a, um, 
uh, what do I want to say, a millstone for Democrats uh, in areas like the first district and the second district where, um, you know, ag and the farm economy is really important. So if, if, if uh, Democratic candidates, Abby Finkenauer in the first and Rita Hart apparently in the second, uh, have to defend uh, no action on or, you know, rejection of the USMCA, is that, is that going to be a drag on them? I would think so. I think, uh, you know, that would be something that, you know, Abby Finkenauer would certainly have to answer for that in the first district, considering the committee she's on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, uh, she, when she comes through, that's one of her main talking points um, that she wants to see. Uh, she's going to, the framing for that is that she wants to see the fair deal and uh, that I think she was against it getting changed in the first place. So I think that might end up actually coming back to hurt Republicans in the long run, simply because, you know, the people were people don't like change in the end. Like um, when a long time ago, when I was covering uh, uh, city government in Charles City, um, whenever they would try to change something, they would never see people come into their uh, council meetings until they try to change something. And then when they would, that's when they see people come in and get angry about it. And the very fact that they're trying to change this deal, this international deal, uh, makes it so that there's a change. And people don't like change in general, at least not in uh, Northeast Iowa too often. <laughs> we like it the way it is. Hey, Ed? Hey, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just, um, if, if I can weigh in on this question of whether sure. Iowa will be a, uh, uh, you know, a toss-up state for 2020, you know, those of us like, you know, who have, who have been around for a while, um, we know that the last half dozen elections, Iowa's been a toss-up state, or at least it's been somewhat in play. Um, you know, the, the question is, is, was 2016 an outlier or not? Uh, you know, I, I tend to think back to, uh, to 2004 um, and see some similarities to, uh, to what we're seeing today. Uh, back then, you had a president who, uh, uh, you know, who, who was under a lot of pressure because of the Iraq war. Um, he was somewhat unpopular. Um, the Democrats faced a choice of, uh, of, of who to pick uh, and went with John Kerry, a guy that not a lot of them loved, but thought they had the best chance of winning back the White House. And in the end... Um, you know, Bush won the state, but it was a very close race. It was Iowa was a toss-up state. Um, depending on who the Democrats pick, I don't see why um, that wouldn't uh, why that would not happen again. Interesting. There are some similarities there. Big field of Democratic candidates. Um, some very. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Howard Dean, who was the progressive of of that cycle. Uh, early favorite, and, and then Kerry came on strong sure. at the end. Yeah, as, like you say, as the one who is most electable. We'll stay tuned to that. And finally, uh, the the Mueller hearing, exoneration or impeachment. The president, uh, not surprisingly, uh, declared victory after Robert Mueller testified for some, seven hours on Capitol Hill the other day. Claimed he was totally exonerated. The folks who want to impeach impeach him declared a victory, saying Mueller laid out the basis of the case against the president. So, Ed, were there winners and losers, or should everyone get a participation ribbon and get back to infrastructure week? Uh, You know, I I can't see that it changed much about how Iowans or probably people in the country see uh, see this. Uh, frankly, I, I didn't hear a peep from our congressional delegation, Republican or Democrat, uh, about the hearings. Um, none of our folks are, 
were on the relevant House committees, as I recall. And, and, and I thought it was interesting that there really wasn't much chatter from them. They didn't seem eager to latch on to this one-day event. Um, you know, in the end, I don't think it changed much. Thomas, do you, do you think we learned anything that changes um, the outlook? Well, I mean, uh, politics and election-wise, there's not too much, no. But overall, I think this is just echoing a worry that I think we should all kind of keep in mind, that there is international influence being attempted on our elections. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like that's uh, something that we should all really take into account and really take to heart. I mean, uh, during his hearing, uh, Robert Mueller made a point to say that uh, you know, that there are, there is currently, there's probably, uh, election tampering going on as we speak. And it's something every American should keep in mind. And I can't help but feel, uh, very, like very, very nervous about that. Uh, you know, um, I know personally when I served in the Marine Corps, I made a, made about a serve, you know, defend the country against all, uh, people, you know, uh, things foreign and domestic and, uh, enemies foreign and domestic domestic. And I think when you consider the fact that there are people trying to influence how our vote is being tallied, that's troubling. And that's something I feel like as reporters, we should really keep in mind as we move forward um, and maybe report, uh, reporting on election results to find out maybe uh, whether or not there's any, uh, how, how people are going about uh, finding their news and, you know, whether or not there's any uh, influence online or whether or not, you know, any super PACs that just seem uh, slightly shady in general are out there. And I, I think that's something that we should really, that I personally am really keeping uh, kind of my head on a swivel as I move forward and covering 2020, simply because, you know, uh, keeping in mind who the sources are and keeping in mind where information is coming that people are talking to me about at rallies and, you know, at events. I think that's a good point, and, and I think yeah. that some of the some of what Mueller had to say in, in that warning that hey they're they're doing it right now, kind of got lost in all the the political back and forth about whether or not this you know was the case for impeachment or uh, we should just move on. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and maybe uh, in a, in a week or a month, people will sort of uh, you know focus on election security again. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to me that the reaction of Iowa's senators, uh, neither Chuck Grassley nor Shoni Ernst, were able to watch the, the hearings because of their other committee meetings and, and those responsibilities. Uh, Grassley said he would review it, uh, he would watch the rerun and be briefed by his staff. And Ernst seemed to suggest um, that, she said, the American public is long over this. If, if they're interested, they could have read the report. Um, and her conclusion was that the, the hearing once again showed there was no collusion, no collaboration with the Russians and said that uh, when she's in Iowa, people ask her why Congress doesn't think doesn't focus on things that matter to them. So I guess maybe the question going forward is whether Congress can walk and chew gum that is uh, conduct an impeachment inquiry if, if that is required and get on with other business of the nation, infrastructure week, USMCA, healthcare, climate change, and so on, and so on, and so on. 
You know, James, I, I will say, uh, I mean, just to sort of echo what you guys had talked about earlier, I think to the extent that uh, that Congress focuses on election security, uh, on, on the continuing threat from Russia, and now we hear about uh, Iran mm-hmm. um, wanting, perhaps meddling in, in our elections, to the extent that they, that, that, that becomes a uh, focus, um, you know, I, I think that serves as a reminder of what's gone on in the past, but but you know, spins this forward so that it's it, it's it's relevant to Americans who are more worried about what's going to happen to them tomorrow as opposed to what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, folks, that's it for this edition of On Iowa Politics. I hope it's been worth your time. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Fan mail may be sent to oniowapolitics at gmail.com. And you can find us every week on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Imperfect will take us out. And if you know a band or talented Iowa musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file. And remember to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. For Thomas, Ed, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. If I had a rat wrote for this beat, and he was my producer, then I'd be famous. Tell him. Tell him. No soldier boy. Yo, I'm like a golden mirage. Hold your applause. Imperfect on the beat. Holding a bra. It's your girlfriend set. Put him in a whirlwind till the world ends. 2012, December 21st. So I'm putting in work until then. I'm gonna do this. Hip hop around the clock. I've unsaid it. Did it, done it, got it good. MC's got the credit like me. That's unlikely. Imp on the beat. You know I keep it sweet with no sugar or additives. I'm just rapping, kids. You know I do this. It's like automatic ish. I don't like to cuss when. A bus. I don't like to do much, but sometimes I fuss Get a little drunk and act like a fool Fight anybody, don't matter the size I'll batter some guys, or just some small fries Overcooked, you know I've been overlooked You know, I take it back to freestyle's past Like a, uh, 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 let me take a breath and think Before I just shrink my thoughts, shrink my temptations And just keep facing the beat If there's a mic, then I'm gonna be saying what's on my mind It doesn't have to rhyme every single time But if I do this, you know I'll Untangle spines, getting out of your element. I'm the other element, got more intelligence, stomping like an elephant. Uh, who heard this kid spit before? You know you put your hands up and demanded more. The man is war, he's made of war, studying the art of war. What would you start it for? Hard to the core with no bones inside. I swither around, I meant to say slither like a snake, but you know I'm not one of those. I just get on the mic, start to run some flows. I don't got a gun to blow, unless it's a shotgun, I'm talking about blunts, man. I put MC straight in a dunce cap, and then I just do this, run round like a hunchback. No Notre Dame, you know the same, Iowa Hawkeyes, that's the name of the game. I rep this shit so effing hard, I said I don't like to cuss, but it's effing hard. I'm the person in charge, and I'm in charge of making sure you're having a great time. I put it on like brake lights, but I'm never stopping. MCs are a cop in my style at the store. Check it at CDs Plus. No one else gets time to bust when I'm on the beat. I won't let it stop, yo. Hip, 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 hop, oh.